I'm sure it's uh, no coincidence that um, we're drawing this journey that we're making through Matthew uh, to a temporary halt. Um, and it's no coincidence that we are sort of drawing that halt at Matthew 10. Over the coming weeks, uh, running up to around Easter, we're going to be looking at um, we're looking at, going to be looking at the different names given to God, and I believe that this will give uh, us as a church uh, an opportunity to reflect on Matthew 10 because it is quite a significant passage within the book of Matthew. You'll get a, it, it's it's a message that uh, Dan and Carl has brought to us uh, over, over the weeks and it'll give us the opportunity to reflect on the mission that Jesus has tasked us with and to ask us one, one simple question and that is, are we up for this? Are we up for this mission? Here at Redeemer King, if there was one word, if there was one single word that best described the aim of this church, it would be mission. It is to go from this place and to tell others about Jesus, to tell others about his saving message. I mean, let's consider the, the actual definition of the word mission. It's an action word. Essentially, it's a word that says, go. An army is given a, mess, a mission to go. It has an objective. A secret agent goes behind enemy lines or into a hostile situation to complete the task that is set. An individual sets themselves. We set ourselves tasks. We set ourselves missions. And, doing all, and we do all that needs to be done to achieve that. So it is an action word. But if you're new to Redeemer King, if you're new to the Christian faith, if you're here just to seek some clarity to life at the moment and what it's all about, then maybe it would be of value just to backtrack a little way to find out a little more about this Jesus. Why did he come? What is this mission all about? And for those of you who have heard this a million times before, please just bear with me. As Christians, we believe that this world was brought into existence by God the creator. The world he created was a beautiful place, full of beautiful things. And as part of that world, he created man. And the Bible says that he was well pleased. But unfortunately, things went a little bit awry. Things went a little bit wrong. Man thought that they knew better than God and man turned their back, man turned his back on their creator, turned his back on God 
And so sin, or what we call dis- or what we call sin or disobedience, came into the world. And this greatly upset God. So we now whiz through the rest of the Old Testament and we come to the first section of what we call the New Testament. But more specifically, this book of Matthew. We read that God loved this world so much that he sent his son Jesus down onto the earth that at the right time, at exactly the right time, he would bring a message to God's creation, a message to man. That if we were to turn back to him, if we were to turn back to God, we would be reconciled and be brought back into a relationship with him. And last week, Dan spoke about the value that God places on his special creation. Dan spoke about the value that God places on us. That if only we were to heed Jesus' message, we would be made part of his family, brought back into a relationship with our Creator. And I want to start this morning by reading the opening couple of verses from the passage that we're looking at. And that is Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. And we read this. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. If this morning you have come to this place and you can say, yes, I know who this Jesus is. And I understand the mission that he has set upon me. Then God, or Jesus, acknowledges here in this promise that you will be acknowledged before God. But it also comes with a warning. And we need to heed this warning. For it says, whoever doesn't acknowledge who I am. Or let's take that one stage further. If we actually disown Jesus, then we're on our own. And this, and this morning, these are probably the easiest verses in this passage. Because this is a very difficult passage to preach on. And I suppose really, <laughs> really, you know, it would be good if this passage came with a bit of a biblical health warning. Because what precedes this, sorry, what comes following this, are some very difficult uh, words. So, I want to just put into context the following verses. And uh, to give you some sort of background, I just want you to imagine that you're one of Jesus' followers. You're one of his disciples. And he's about to send you out on 
your first mission. And everything that has gone before now comes to this. It now comes down to these words. Matthew 10, verse 32. And this is Jesus speaking. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son and son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. I can now understand why Dan and Carl give, gave me this passage to look at this morning. This really is not an easy passage. I mean, take verse 34. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And again, just a small aside, if we reflect on that and the uh, state of the world at the moment, uh, and this is not for me to take up this morning, but uh, again, we live in very difficult, very difficult times. I was once given some very valuable advice prior to becoming a salesman. A wise individual said that I would have, in this new role as a salesman, I would have good days and I would have bad days. Well, I thought to myself, I already have good days and bad days in my current role. So, okay, I think I could probably do this salesman's role. He said that you'll experience what we call the salesman's disease or what we call the salesman's blues. One day you will take an order for a couple of thousand pounds and you will think that you are the best salesman there ever was. But then the following day you'll, be ba you'll barely be able to scratch a couple of pounds. There will be big highs in this role but there will also be crashing lows. I thought, well, okay, you're not exactly selling me this role, but I'm gonna, you know, I am prepared to give it a go. You'll have days when 
Customers will think you're the best thing since the invention of the wheel and that your product is the best. The week after, you'll be in at another customer and nothing will go right. You'll have days when customers will use some very colourful language both to describe you and the product that you're selling. And there will be days when you just want to give up. Well, you can really sort of see that he was really selling me this, uh, really selling me this role. But 30 years later, I'm still a salesman. And above, uh, you know, and these things still happen. I still have those good days. I still have those bad days. But maybe with age, what I don't have is those highs and those crashing lows. And generally speaking, generally speaking, I get on with most people. But I have, I have as I say, I have good days, I have bad days, I have some days when I run into a little bit of abuse. I don't understand it, but there you go, it happens. But there was one piece of advice this wise fellow left out, and that is, as a salesman, you do grow a very thick skin. And that can be both a good thing and also a bad thing. So we come to our passage in Matthew 10. And if you've got your Bibles open, you will note that at the beginning of this passage, it is headed, Jesus sends out the twelve. And just like my learned colleague who was trying to give me some sound advice, Jesus throughout this chapter is giving his disciples some sound advice and preparing them for what lay ahead. You're going to be taking this message that I have, you're going to be taking this message that I have, says Jesus, to the lost sheep of Israel, the Jews. You're not to take any money or valuables with you. You'll see this in Matthew 10, some of the preceding verses. You're not to take any extra clothing. Now, I'm sure that this didn't happen. I'm sure this didn't happen, but I sort of, I'm wondering, I am wondering that maybe in a moment of weakness, the disciples' thoughts went something like this. No money, no extra clothes. He's not exactly selling me this mission. I could quite easily go back to fishing. Jesus goes on and says, the message that I am asking you to take will be like me sending sheep amongst wolves. And again, I can just imagine that in the disciples' minds, they're thinking, well, I could go and buy my boat back. And then Jesus goes on to say, that you'll be arrested, you'll be flogged. And the disciples are thinking, I'm sure mum and dad will have saved my fishing nets. But the disciples thought, no, I'll keep on listening. I'm sure that this will get better. And then Jesus says, go tell my people that the kingdom of God is at hand. 
Tell them that I, Jesus, the Son of God, am the only way back to my Father's kingdom. Tell them that they don't need the law that's been handed down from generation to generation. What they need is me. And the disciples are probably thinking to themselves, wow, this is going to be difficult. And as Dan and Carl has outlined over previous weeks, Jesus continues to outline and prepare the disciples for their first mission. There wasn't any point in Jesus sugaring the pill. This, is, this, this wasn't going to be easy. This was not going to be a breeze for the disciples. And that message, that message hasn't changed. And really the circumstances haven't changed for us, Jesus' modern day disciples. We are sent out to deliver that same message and we potentially could face the same difficulties faced by the first disciples. Going to a community of people who don't want to hear about this Jesus. A nation who don't see the relevance of a guy who lived thousands of years ago. And nowadays, his name is just a swear word. Jesus never said at any point that this was going to be easy. And, le and this leads us to these closing ten verses of this chapter and the final advice that Jesus is giving his disciples. And I believe that these verses contain some of the toughest advice and the greatest warnings both to the disciples then and to disciples now and to the followers of Jesus today. So let's go back to our reading. Jesus has given the disciples a mission. He has made it clear, go out in my name and even though you may experience all sorts of situations, Remember who I am. I am the Son of God. Jesus is saying to his disciples, if you fear taking the message to my people, if you fear what the world could throw at you, then you've not realised who I am. I am the Son of God. And Jesus first hints of this in verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. To stand any chance of being effective in delivering this message and being successful on this mission, this, this, the disciples needed to first acknowledge who Jesus really was. 
They needed to acknowledge that he was the Son of God. If they struggled to acknowledge who Christ was, then it would make the delivery of the message almost impossible. They had to believe. To doubt who Jesus really was, was effectively denying him. But to acknowledge Jesus as Lord meant that they understood that he was the Son of God and they, in turn, were acknowledged by Christ as ready for the task, ready for the mission that he had for them. So I ask us all a question this morning. Do we truly know who Christ is? Do we fear the world more than we fear Jesus? Do we truly believe the message Christ has asked us to deliver? Or do we fear what people might say? Let me take you back to verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so we get to verse 32 and Jesus rams this point home. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before the Father in heaven. That is great news. That is great news for us. But that is then followed by, but whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. That is not good news. That is not good news. Let's pause for a moment and let's just review what we've looked at this morning. Jesus is preparing his disciples for their first mission. He's not saying that everything will be fine. You won't have people falling over yourselves to believe. I mean, Jesus has been around since the beginning of time. And he had seen many men and nations continually turn their backs on their creator, their God. His own mission was to point out that there was a different way. That it was way back to his father, way back to the creator, a way back to God. And still, people ignored him. So he had to make it clear to his disciples. He needed to give it to them straight. Believe in who I am. Believe in the message that I bring. And you need not fear what the world will throw at you. So what is this message? What is this message? The message is that Jesus is the only way back to the Father. It says in Scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And with the illustration I opened with this morning, there was no point in my dad telling me that the role of salesman was going to be a walk in the park. 
Trust me, it hasn't been. And it's the same with Jesus. You have to truly believe in the Christ. You have to believe in the one who stands between you and your creator. That though you will make many mistakes, that you will lose hope, that you will consider that you're not up to the task, Jesus will be there. Jesus will give you the strength that you need. He will give you the words to say. Jesus will be before his Father interceding on your behalf. So, Andrew, you can do this. Neville, you can do this. Dorothy, Teresa, so many people. We can do this. But we have got to believe in the Christ. We've got to believe in who he, who he is. We now come to some of the real difficult sections of this chapter. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I do not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be his own household. Maybe this morning I should have started with a greater warning about these verses. These are tough. These are really tough. I have come not to bring peace but a sword. In Luke 12, 51, the same account is given and it's worded. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you. Division. These are the words of Jesus. To put this in straightforward terms, the message that Christ brings and the way that you conduct your life for him, your relationship with Christ is going to bring you into conflict with friends and with family. Your commitment to Christ and his message is going to set you against your family and your friends who don't believe. Who don't want to hear this message of Jesus. Jesus is in no way in these verses encouraging disobedience. He's not. But it is inevitable that because of the way that we are told to live our lives, because Christ demands that you live your life different to that of this world, it will bring you into conflict. And within our own wider family, both Teresa and I have experienced firsthand what this means. And it's not pretty. There are individuals around this world whose families hold to a different religion. And these individuals, these individuals have heard the message of Christ and they have become Christians knowing full well that at best they will be thrown out of their house. But at worst, they will be killed for what they believe in. 
Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And just when you thought it was safe to take a breath, we're then hit with anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. As a parent, that is hard. As a parent, I love my son and daughter more than words can express. And sometimes I struggle in showing great affection. My son and my daughter know that I will work tirelessly so that they can achieve their heart's desire. And I thank God every day that both of them are Christians. And it's their heart's desire to serve God and to grow in the gifts that God has given them both. But all of that aside, I would still do anything for my son and my daughter. A typical phone call. Dad, are you anywhere near Chesterfield High Street? No, dear, I'm down in Birmingham at a meeting with customers. Oh, what time are you going to be back? In about an hour? No, not back in an hour. I'll be finished in an hour. And there have been times when I have been coming up uh, the, uh, the M1 motorway, driving back up to pick my daughter and my grandson because my daughter has locked herself out of the house. I would do anything for my daughter. Andrew, thankfully, is a little, bit, a little bit more prepared in life. But I still remember that there was this occasion where I had to pick him up from Birmingham Central Station late one Saturday night, or maybe that should be early Sunday morning. Because in an absent-minded moment, instead of getting on the Gloucester train to Chesterfield, he got on the Gloucester train to Bristol. <laughs> when he realised he was heading in the wrong direction, and when he managed to sweet-talk one of the uh, conductors to get him on the correct train heading north, he realised then that he wasn't going to get to Chesterfield. This train was only going to take him as far as Birmingham. So, at silly o'clock in the morning, there's me and his mother going down to Birmingham to pick him up from the station. I love my children dearly, still. <laughs> but I also live, love them in such a way that I am also able to let them go.
It would have been wrong of me. After Andrew met Kelsey at Redcliffe College, and that their relationship developed and blossomed, and as I watched as God started to put on their hearts the desire to serve him abroad, it would have been wrong of me to have given, given him all the reasons why this was a bad idea. It would have been wrong of me to have taken him to one side and said to him, is Kelsey really the right one for you? It would have been wrong of me to stand in the way as they felt God say to them, as God confirmed to them that they start their life in the States. Sorry. I would do anything for my children. But I know that God has a far greater plan for my children than I do. So yes, I have heeded Christ's words in this verse. And as painful as it is, and believe me, it's painful, I hold to the promise that God has given to them both. And I hold to the great things that he has in store for my son and my daughter and their respective partners. And let's not forget the great things he has in store for my grandson as well. Hallelujah. Jesus demands a lot. And even though this passage is pre-crucifixion and the disciples hadn't grasped the future that Jesus had in store for them, we live in a time when the significance of Christ's death has been made clear. His death and resurrection, his, his defeat of sin and the eternal hope that we have for the future. Now, I don't want you to leave this place with your heads downcast saying, I am not worthy to take this message. Jesus says, I have a great message and I want you, I want you, my disciples, to bring this message to this nation, to your community, to your friends and to your family. I am God made man. There is no way to the Father other than believing in me, Jesus. I am the only way. Believe in me and you will be part of an amazing family. And you will also be part of a great mission. 
don't let anything get in our way. Let's not let anything get in our way. For it says in verses 38, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Don't let the fear of man get in your way. Don't let the fear of what people might say get in your way of believing in Jesus and being part of this great mission. I know this is a phrase that is used so many times. But be prepared to let go and let God. Let go completely and put your total, total trust in God. And so we come to the closing verses of this chapter And words of encouragement, because maybe we need it, (laughs) to any Christian here this morning. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever, Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Anyone who welcomes you as one of Jesus' disciples, and understands the message that you are bringing, that message of hope, that message of reconciliation, welcomes Jesus. You have understood the monumental task that Jesus has set you. And in Jesus' name, you have gone out and delivered his message. And there is an eternal gift awaiting you. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciples, disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Remember that there will be times when our actions may mean more than our words. There may be times when we are asked to do something and we get no thanks for it. But this unselfish act has been seen by God. And again, it will not pass without its reward. So yes, there will be difficult times. Yes, there will be times when this mission Christ has set us on seems to bear no fruit. We seem to pass unnoticed. 
But Christ knows. He sees your heart. He knows your willingness. He knows your weakness. And he will bless you greatly. For whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Let's end on those words. For whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen.